All right, Matthew chapter number 11. Uh, I'll be honest, before I read the scripture here, I want to tell you, I really struggled putting uh, putting a sermon together for this morning. I um, kind of got done with uh, everything yesterday with the services for, for Sandy and uh, the, the meal and everything, and uh, kind of exhaled. Oh, yeah, it was <laughs> great to get all that done. And, uh, I, I did not want to preach this message because it's essentially what I spoke about at Sandy's service. But uh, I just as I looked at everything else, God just kept bringing me back to this. So uh, I want to preach to you this morning on the subject of come unto me. And I do plan on being a little bit short. we got baptism, and it's not as many pages as I usually bring up here. So Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter number 11, very... Very uh, familiar passage of Scripture. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I love the words of our Savior in this text. I'm not sure... I was thinking about it, and I think you might could just say that this is the Psalm 23 of the New Testament. The comfort in these words is so much comfort, so much hope for the child of God. It really is kind of remarkable. I like to look at the, the context, and this really follows a time of deep sorrow for our Savior. If you were to look up in verse number 20, He's talking about some of the places he had been that he had taught, worked miracles, yet these cities and their inhabitants had rejected him. And Chorazin, Bethsaida, Capernaum, it broke the heart of our Savior that these had rejected him. He had invited them, come unto me, but they had refused directly preceding this verses 25 through 27 is one of the greatest truths revealed to man one that a child can accept in simple faith yet so many great and mighty men stumble over and that is that the father and the son are one to know the son is to know the father you cannot claim to worship god the father and reject god the son you cannot claim to worship god the son and reject god the father John 14, 16, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. There on the heels of rejection, there on the heels of this revelation of one of the greatest truths God has revealed to us, that truth that divides men through all eternity, there is this invitation, come unto me. The personal invitation. He says, come unto me. I like that. It's very specific. We are to come to Christ who is the way, the truth, and the life. It's a call to action. He says, come to me. We don't have to struggle with our burdens in this life. We don't have to struggle with the turmoil in our hearts. We just got to get up and come to Him. It's an invitation for all. Come unto me. It's 
not just for the disciples. He's not just speaking to Matthew and Peter and John and James. It's not just for the Jewish people. It's not just for the people of that time and that place 2,000 years ago. No, it's a call that rings throughout eternity. Come unto Me. Might I say, you can add to that, whosoever will may come. I've got three things I want us to consider about coming to Him. First off, I want to say that there is rest for our souls when we come to Him. I know it's my my custom. I, I, I try to end every sermon with a gospel appeal. Well, I'm going to get out right here at the opening, right here on the first point today. Every person enters this life with a burden that they carry. That burden is the weight of their sins. People seek to ease the discomfort. I think that's why the drugs and alcohol, all these escapes, people are just trying to deal with that weight that they carry. They seek to lighten the load. People seek to distract themselves from that weight of their sin. But there's only one way that burden can be relieved. Come unto Me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I love the the classic book, Pilgrim's Progress. It's a shame it's it's largely ignored kind of in Christianity today. There's there's certain pockets of people that really like it. And to be honest, I read a version of it, kind of a simplified, easy reader version, kind of high school level when I was uh, when I was younger, and really didn't do a lot for me. I, I've tried to read it other times, and it wasn't until I listened to an audio book of it. It was uh, during that time we were doing the walking challenge there at the bank. And I, I remember I was walking, walking in the cemetery, uh, getting my steps in. And my goodness, listening to that while I was walking, uh, my, bless my soul, like a few other books ever have. John Bunyan, that wrote that book centuries ago, it's an allegory of the Christian life. And it's not one that's hidden. It's very obvious. It's not subtle at all. When you when you read the the lessons he's wanting you to learn in there, and, but I love the moment. I want to read it to you in chapter number three, when Christian, like I say, he's not subtle at all. When Christian on his journey is freed from his burden of sin, it says now I saw in my dream that the highway up which Christian was to go was fenced on either side with a wall that was called salvation. Up this way, therefore, did burdened Christian run, but not without great difficulty because of the load on his back. He ran thus till he came to a place somewhat ascending, and upon that place stood a cross, and a little below in the bottom a tomb. So I saw in my dream that just as Christian came up with the cross, his burden loosed from off his shoulders and fell from off his back and began to tumble, and so continued to do it, till it came to the mouth of the tomb where it fell in, and I saw it no more. Then was Christian glad and lightsome, and said with a merry heart, He hath given me rest by his sorrow and life by his death. Then he stood still a while to look and wonder, for it was very surprising to him that the sight of the cross should ease him of his burden. 
He looked therefore and looked again, even till the springs that were in his head sent the water down his cheeks. Now as he stood looking and weeping, behold, three shining ones came to him and saluted him with peace be to thee. So the first one said to him, Thy sins be forgiven thee. The second stripped him of his rags and clothed him with a change of garments. The third also set a mark on his forehead, gave him a roll with a seal upon it, which he bade him look look on as he ran, that he should give it at the heavenly gate. So they went their way. Then Christian gave three leaps for joy and went on singing, Thus far did I come laden with my sin, nor could aught ease the grief that I was in. Till I came hither, what place is this? Must here be the beginning of my bliss? Must here the burden fall off my back? Must here the strings that bound it to me crack? Blessed cross, blessed sepulcher, blessed rather be the man that was there put to shame for me. Where can we find freedom from the burden of our sins? There's only one place. And it's when we answer that invitation, come unto me. Christ there upon the cross, crying out, come unto me. The hope of the resurrection, the hope of victory, the call from the tomb, come unto me. We only find salvation when we come to Him. Second, when we come to Him, there is rest for our hearts. It says, come unto me, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and you shall find rest unto your soul. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. If you keep reading through Pilgrim's Progress, I had not mentioned that book in, in a long time, but it just uh, really vividly illustrates all this to me. But if you keep reading on in that book, you'll find that Christian had many obstacles to, to face. The slew of despond, that's my favorite, I just love that phrase, the slew of despond. Vanity Fair, the valley of the shadow of death, Doubting Castle, all these things. The paths of our lives are filled with mountains and valleys, good times, rough times. And oftentimes our hearts are overwhelmed. But Christ says, come unto me. Just take my yoke upon you. Walk with me. Travel with me. Let me carry the load with you. There's a great paradox right here on this point. He says to put on a yoke. It's like an oxen. We're not too far removed from those days. Now we use ox, uh, those yokes as decorations <laughs> in places. But to take that yoke and put it on those oxen, hook up a plow, hook up a you know some kind of implement like that. It speaks of labor, of labor, of effort, of work. Doesn't sound like peace and rest, does it? But when we're yoked with Christ, our, our, our strength is insignificant. Here's the thing, when we yoke with Him, those burdens we're carrying, it's not so much about our feeble strength. It's about His infinite strength. He gets to carry the load. He carries the load. He holds us up. He guides us. Christ, when He came, He came to seek and save that which was lost, yes. But He didn't come just to save our souls. John 10.10, 10, I am come that they, talking about His sheep, might have life and that they might have life, or they might have it more abundantly. 
He didn't just come to give us victory over our sin. He came to give us victory in our life. When life and its burdens are too hard for us to bear, He calls us, come unto Me. And the third point here, there is an ultimate rest. One day every child of God will hear the call from their Savior, come unto Me. It's that call that we're all long for. Some hear it and some hear it way too soon for our liking. But they hear it and they pass through the doorway of death into life everlasting. Some will hear it when the Lord returns for His own. But for the child of God, we know one day, whichever door we pass through, we're going to hear that call, Come unto Me. And oh, the joy that waits on the other side of the answer to that call. No more tears, no death, sorrow, crying, pain. What a reunion there will be one day. Friends, family, loved ones, reunited in that land that knows no parting. And you know, that is wonderful in and of itself. And that would make heaven so much more wonderful than we could ever imagine. So wonderful that the poets and theologians and the great wordsmiths cannot capture but a glimmer of its glory. But that's not the best part. He didn't say, come up to heaven. That would be wonderful enough. But he says, come unto me. Come to me. I mentioned it in Sunday school, but what a day that will be. For my Jesus I shall see. And I look upon His face, the One who saved me by His grace, when He takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land. What a day, glorious day that will be. Thought of the song, and I bowed on my knees and cried, Holy, so I went up to heaven and said, But I want to see Jesus, the One who died for me. And I bowed on my knees and cried, Holy, holy, holy. It's all about Him. Can't wait to hear that call to come unto me. I told you I was going to be short this morning. When was the last time that you went to Christ? When was the last time the burdens of life got so great that, you know what, God, I can't do it on my own. By the way, we'd be a lot better off if we went a lot sooner than we do to Him. But the burdens of life get a little too heavy. You hear that call, come unto me. But when the sorrows and grief weigh, weigh us down, it's been a rough couple of weeks around here. I'm so glad the Savior whispers to us, come unto me. And that call goes out, come unto me. Well, about the story of the preacher who you know, we're all just typical manners. We ask people, how are you doing? And Sometimes you wish you hadn't asked that. And the, the, the preacher asked this lady and said, uh, you know, how are you doing today? And she goes, well, I'm doing fine under the circumstances. And the preacher responded, well, what are you doing under there? Well, we do fine under the circumstances sometimes, but here's the great thing. You can get out from under those because Satan says, come under me. Get out from under those circumstances. Second, we need to invite others to come. That call goes out. We as Christians, we know it. We're, 
talks about his sheep hearing his voice. We hear that call. We know what that means. But there's others out there that need to hear that call. We need to share it with them. Revelation 22.17, one of my favorite verses in Revelation. I said that a lot about Revelation. But Revelation 22.17, The Spirit and the Bride say, Come. Let him that heareth say, Come. And let him that is a thirst, Come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. You know, it's part of why we are still here. Why God didn't just take us on home. Because we echo that call to others. We get to go to others and say, you know how to find that relief? Let me tell you how. There's a Savior. If you'll listen, He's calling. Come unto me. And last, it all starts when we answer that call of salvation. A lot of people say, well, I want Jesus to help carry the burdens of life. I want Jesus to, to be in heaven. But friends, it all starts back with the first answer to that call. We come to Him to be a Savior. Come to Him to take that burden, that weight off of us of our sins. We heed that call and what wondrous things open up when we do. We're born again into the family of God. The Savior is there. He's with us. We can take that yoke upon us and make our burdens lighter. We can have peace. We can have rest. It all starts in the answer that pleading voice of our Savior when He says, Come, come, come unto Me. Don't put off that call. Christians, aren't you glad we have a Savior who loves us, who cares for us, walks along beside us, bids us to come to Him, not just for salvation, but to live with us, to walk with us. And what wonder there is that one day He'll say, Come unto Me, and we'll be with Him forevermore. What a Savior we have. I didn't give y'all much head notice there, did I? But we're going to stand for a time of invitation. Musicians will go ahead and come. We're going to pray. Have just a short time of invitation here. Jesus bids us to come unto Him. What number there, Owen? 141 in the heavenly highways if you want to sing along with the invitation song. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I love the promises of Your Word and some of them just shine forth with such a ray of comfort to our hearts. And this is one of those, that, that invitation to come unto You. Lord, we do so for salvation. We do so to have victory in this life. Lord, I long for that day to hear Your voice to say, Come unto Me. Lord, just a simple reminder here this morning, but what wonder there is that You call to us, that You long for us to respond, to relieve our burden of sin, to help us make it through this life. What wonder there is in Your love and grace for us. Remind us of this. Remind us of that. And Lord, let us not put off coming to You. Thank You for these wonderful promises, Lord. Let them be an encouragement to us here this morning. I pray in this invitation time in the Holy Name.